0: Welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former professional and collegiate soccer player Nick Costa. Costa played his collegiate career at Adelphi University in Garden City, New York, making 62 appearances for the Panthers. As a senior, he ranked third in the Northeast 10 Conference with seven assists. After graduating with a degree in sports management, Costa played with the New York Cosmos B in the National Premier Soccer League during the 2015 season, making a total of 12 appearances during the team's inaugural season. Following a year with the NPSL side, Costa signed a professional contract with the United Soccer League's Arizona United. A native of Carplace, Place, New York, Costa served as assistant coach at his alma mater as Director of Programs at a Mineola-based company that guides student-athletes through the athletic recruiting process, and is currently a physical education teacher in the Long Island area. Costa, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Greg, what's up, Ben? Thanks for having me. For sure, definitely. And I was, you know, nobody here can see Costa, obviously, but we're on video. But as (laughs) soon as Costa came on, I was like, bro, you haven't changed one bit. Uh, Costa was... Anyone that 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 knows Costa, when this episode comes out, and I post a picture on Instagram, so y'all see. But Costa, like I would say, you know, even like Costa is no more. Was never more than like 140 pounds. Like (laughs) I I don't even think I am now, but it's crazy, and I feel like I'm actually gaining weight
1: because I stopped playing. So it's like.
0: Yeah, that's what he told me. So as soon as I saw him, I was like, bro, you still look so skinny. He was like, nah, man, I'm putting on the pounds. Like, But but he's just always like, you know, you have some of those players that are just kind of like that real lanky um, and Costa's legs were also were like just so skinny, right? And I was always, this always amazed me too, because Anytime somebody like, for example, like you look at somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo, right? And you're like, bro, how does he hit the ball so hard? But then you see his thighs and you're like, all right, like makes sense. But Costa had the skinniest legs and this man like had a rocket. Like I still remember, I don't I don't know. Like I don't, I don't remember what game this was. Uh, by the way, Costa and I played on the same club team, BW Gotcha, which we'll get into, but I just have to point this out. Cause I don't remember what game this was, but there was just one game where like, easily like 30 yards out you just like ripped one a little bit on Met the oval. outside the left foot let's go
1: <laughs> oval. i'll never forget it. that was the only goal i've scored probably in my youth career man i used to never score i <laughs> even in college i never scored playing pro i never scored med oval i hit a crazy shot i i did like a step over beat the kid yep the shot from like 35 yards out. I'll never forget that goal as long as I live. <laughs> Jesse came running out of the goal to celebrate with me. It was nuts. It was uh,
0: nuts. No, oh, my God. I love that you remember that. As soon as I brought it up, because I, I, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know if he's going to remember this. Like, because I was playing, I think I was playing defense at the time. So, I remember just getting, like, that that, that from the behind view. And it was just, like, a beauty. And I had to bring that up. I love how you admit that, like, you never scored. <laughs> no, I
1: didn't. I'm one of those guys <laughs> I never scored. I was I was not a goal scorer at all. I used to make plays happen, and, and yeah. assist work was my thing. But, uh,
0: yeah. I, That's I, so I, interesting. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know. I don't really recall, like, you know, I don't, like, yeah, I don't recall you being, like, you know, a, a natural goal scorer. But, I, you know, I, I never, I didn't really think that that you 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 never really scored because i mean you were such a you were such a big impact player like you were such an important player like always obviously a starter and on that left mid with the left foot another lefty i know i think i've had a couple people on this on this podcast that thought were lefties actually weren't but i know nick cost 100 is a lefty Um, (laughs) and uh yeah but so you were always just like a real like a really good player, like real shifty, um attacking type player. So it's it's actually surprising. But like yeah, when I think about it, I'm I guess I'm like, yeah, I guess that's one of the only goals I remember you scored. Yeah, that is that
1: that's the only goal I will remember too for sure. That was
0: a great goal. Listen, bro, if it's gonna be one, at least it's like make it a memorable one, right? Make it a memorable one. Yeah, and it was against Matt Oval who
1: was like a bitter rival back then.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely definitely. And uh I I remember one trip we went on, you know, I, I mentioned before that that Costa was was uh, one of the lighter players on the team no more than like I said 140 so one one trip that we went on uh, I think it was out in like California like the gachi team went to the beach right we had like a day off and uh, it was like one of our teammates ideas to like make this like pyramid kind of like in the water so basically you know we had like maybe like the bigger like heavier stronger dudes on the bottom. And then I, th- I think we like we made a pyramid. Like I don't know, like basically what you'd see in like a cheerleading formation, where okay. it was like, I think I think like the bottom, like we were all like on our knees, and then we put our knees on each other's backs, or it might have been like legs over the shoulder. I don't know, but it was. I might have been on the bottom. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, had some. <laughs> so it was, so it was Costa. Like, and I'm, I'm like, there's a picture of this like on our Facebook somewhere, but. Uh, We got we got pretty high. I think we got like three levels up. So legit Costa is like on top of easily like six or seven people. So it's like an epic picture because you have Costa and our other friend David, who was also just tiny, like right on top. (laughs) But that was I had to bring that up. Good times, though. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, listen, man, really appreciate you coming on. The minute I reached out to Costa, he was like, "Man, like I, I listened to your episodes. Like, would love to be on." Like, you responded right away. So love the love the excitement. And um, and man, I'm really just happy to to get this thing going and to and to catch up with you a little bit, hear a little bit more about you know your journey a little bit. We did play against each other in, in college. Uh, I went to Marist College. Uh, Costa went to Adelphi university and uh he still remembers he remembered that game a little bit more clear than i did because he scored a pk see that's another game you scored a goal so like listen, <laughs> the good memories you used to say so you have you have some solid memories of some goal scoring but uh but yeah we maris pulled out the win three two uh in a, in a pretty pretty good game there yep
1: yeah no but of course thank you for having me on man it's uh it's really cool what you're doing and uh just to get this out there for those people that may not know some of the guys that you had on this podcast, you've had some proper ballers on this podcast, man. Really good people, really good players. Uh, I feel like I played against or played with everybody that was on this podcast, which is pretty cool. So it's good
0: to see uh, how they're doing and what everyone's up to. Nice, nice. No, I appreciate the love, man. Real. Uh, means a lot. So, So let's get right into it. How did you get into soccer and what initiated your love for the sport?
1: Yeah, definitely. My dad, big soccer guy. I'm 100% Portuguese, so I come from a big soccer family. Uh, My cousins all played. I have an older brother. He played. He wasn't that good at it, but he played. And soccer and hockey actually were like my two sports growing up. And uh, eventually, soccer started to get a little bit more serious. And uh, my dad's like, listen, you and your brother have to pick soccer or hockey. My brother went first. He's like, hockey. And I was like, you know what? I'll choose soccer. I probably would have chose hockey if he said soccer. So I'm happy that it went that way. But yeah, I, I just I I've, I've been playing soccer since I was probably three, four. Ever since I could kick a soccer ball the right way, and uh, and yeah, always been that skinny kid, shifty, technical. I used to juggle everywhere up and down the block, and uh, it's just been a
0: passion of mine since I was little. Yeah man yeah well listen first off hockey and that's one I had not heard uh so so we're talking like we're talking ice hockey right?
1: Yeah ice hockey roller hockey everything I was just I was so small like I was on the soccer field but I had good good handles I was super quick on skates and uh and then I was like I was just as good at soccer so I could have gone either way I'm happy I chose soccer because I ended up not being big enough for for hockey and uh but the same way I was shifty on, on the soccer field and I had good skills, I, same thing with hockey,
0: which is pretty funny. That's so interesting. Nah, that I, Again, never would have guessed that, but is nah. that. Is that something you still play for fun nowadays? No, nah, I haven't. I haven't okay. put on
1: skates, and I couldn't tell you how long. But uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> No, nah, no worries. And before we got on, uh, you know, Costa... Costa told me, "Is like, bro, I haven't I haven't ran, and I think he said five years. I, I I think that's an exaggeration, but but you know, he's Costa's Costa's recently married. He's he's you know he's he's a physical education teacher. He's got he's got enough running in his life, I think, throughout his day. So yeah, I'm I'm busy
1: running around doing everything else rather than actually running myself. So
0: nice, nice. And one thing you pointed out too, which 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 kind of jogged my memory, especially when I was pulling up, you know, info about you was was the the love that you had for juggling." And I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgot to bring that up. So, so yeah. So, and let me explain like juggling a little bit, just in terms of from, from a soccer point of view, but juggling is, is something that, you know, is, is essentially the first skill that you learn in, in, in soccer, right? Like the minute you like, I don't know, the minute you can touch a ball, the minute you go to your first soccer camp, the minute you go to your first practice, everyone's okay. Do, you know, five juggles, do 10 juggles, do 15 juggles. Cause juggling is keeping the ball up, especially doing it with both feet. Kind of teaches you a lot just in terms of of ball control. Yeah, I would say, I would say for the most part, it's it's ball control. So, you know, juggling is is super important. And then, you know, obviously as people would get better with juggling, then came the kind of freestyle juggling, the tricks, and around the world for anyone that that knows that kind of juggling soccer trick, very popular. So when I was looking up Nick Costa I saw that it was it was a video of you when you were I think playing for for Arizona it was like tricky Tuesdays or something with Nick Costa and I was like what is this so I I played it and it was like a minute video of you you know and it was some it was some good skills I mean you caught the ball like you know kind of like behind your leg you popped it out it was It was pretty impressive. And I was like, man, I kind of forgot, like Costa was about that juggling life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was. I I mean, that was something that the media guys just threw at me. They were like, they always saw me juggling whenever I was warming up. And I guess I was always doing tricks. And then the fans like started to get into it. So then they started doing this little trick Tuesdays with me. And uh, they asked me if I could do it every Monday. They would record me doing some type of skill and then send it out. (laughs) I just became the juggler of the team, I guess.
0: I don't know. Listen, and, and this and this was no joke. I mean, when when you could juggle like that, it was like oohs and ahs all over, right? And it became a competition between, you know, who who was the better, who had the better tricks, juggling. So we had a few people on our team growing up. So I remember that I was always into juggling. I remember specifically when I was about maybe about seven years old and in a summer camp I used to go to every year. And I pulled out we used to do a juggling like in the in the very beginning of camp. And uh I think I went for probably honestly like 45 50 minutes. I still remember my record that's but and I never beat it since cuz who's going to, you know, stand there juggling for an hour anymore. But uh but it was about I think it was like 1865 and I was just like so proud of that. I never forgot <laughs> that. And then we went on to 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 regional camp which which we had when we were when we were younger. If you made the 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 state team, you would go to that regional camp with, you know, region region 1 which were, you know, other states up and down the northeast and there was a juggling contest so i was like i right, bet like best believe i'm i'm i'm, I'm winning this because i would just stay in my corner and just juggle so it came down to three people one of them being uh anthony flores another gotcha guy shout out anthony flores right. and and i think you know the two other people just got bored like they just got bored they started doing tricks and they messed up and i ended up winning the competition and they gave me so much slack for like man you just stood there you juggled you didn't do any tricks i was like bro like one i don't get bored Two, this isn't a trick competition it's who can keep the ball up the longest and i was just i was chilling in my corner
1: <laughs> yeah that's amazing i i uh i did something similar i w- i went like a whole gym period when i was in high school just juggling a soccer ball everyone just like stopped and would just like watch me juggle the whole period which is so funny i just remember on that but Everything always ended up translating to the field. I ended up being pretty tricky with my feet on the field. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never met somebody who was who was skillful juggling that that didn't necessarily translate that to the field, right? Most of the times yeah. they were doing tricks on the field, running with the ball as well. So nice, man. Uh, it's a great memory. But what was, so, you know, kind of going back to... You know, you, you, you became serious about soccer after, you know, you, you gave up hockey. So what was your, what was your dream? You know, what did you ultimately want to accomplish with with soccer in the future?
1: Yeah, I think it was obviously to become a professional. I never really had it in my mind. Like, oh, you got to make it as a pro. You got to make it as a pro. I always just went with the flow. I kind of had like, it it was pretty tough for me kind of growing up and going through the soccer circuit because I was always so small, like you said. I was so skinny, so I was overlooked my whole entire soccer career. Always, even when it was time to go to Gachi, it was like, sh- should we take him? Is he going to handle the physicality? And then when it was time to go through the recruiting process for college, it was like, ah, oh, he's too small. And I got injured actually my senior year of high school, so it was like I ended up having to John Spray. I don't know if you remember John. He was the coach at Gachi with Dave. Okay. Um, yes 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 i do yep and he's like look come to concordia because there was no schools looking at me i was injured i was too small and he's like come to concordia he's like and you'll play with gachi and uh hopefully you get some looks during your freshman year because i was in that age group where i could kind of shift between it and that's how i ended up joining you guys my freshman year of college and i was playing with gachi and then thank god you had dom sorrow on the podcast right um, Dom was, just got back from residency. We were somewhere, I think it was Arizona or California, one of those places, for a showcase. And there was like all the schools lined up to come and watch Dom. And Creighton University was there from Nebraska. And they were like yeah. number two in the country at that point. And I balled out, I, I played amazing. And the coach from Creighton, I guess, went up to Dave McCarthy or my dad or somebody my, I just remember my dad coming up to me after a game saying, "Hey, Crane University is interested in you," and I was like, "Man, I don't want to play Division three, Dad. I'm not doing that." He's like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "This is Crane University, this is Division one. This is like." A- <laughs> I was like, "I never even heard of them." Yeah, and, and he's like, "Well, it's in Nebraska." He's like, "They want us to come for a visit," and I was like, "Sick, let's do it." So the assistant coach ended up reaching out to me, and uh, he's like, "Come for a visit." A week later, he emails me, Nick, sorry, but Bob Warming, who was the coach there, and en- ended up leaving, going to Penn State, and he became the head coach of University of Omaha. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, there goes Creighton. And, <laughs> and then, funny enough, Vigiano reached out to me, I think, uh, because Stefan Brossard was there. who was yep. another absolute baller, played on Gachi with us, uh, was killing it his freshman year at Marist. I guess, spoke to Vig. And uh, I was actually going to go to Marist. And then some things happened, whatever. I was in contact with Vig. I went for my my visit. I stayed with uh, Stefan. I loved it. And then Carlo Cuista from Adelphi kind of came into the picture and started recruiting me as well. And I was like, I'm home already. I liked Carlo's mentality with what he was going to do with me as far as letting me play as a freshman and having that confidence in me. And ended up going to Delphi, and then there it was like everything kind of just started taking off I started playing really well we were in an independent conference with Delphi, where we had like non-league games I guess you could call them against big time schools we were playing Maryland's uh, Princeton's Clemson's all the above and uh and I started playing really well. We played Georgetown. I played really well then, and then I started getting some looks from a couple of teams. I thought I was going to get invited to the MLS Combine again. I get the biggest question with me going into the MLS was my size. Am I going to be able to handle physicality? And then. I ended up not getting a call to the combine. I guess I was at a too small of a school, too small of a person, and yeah. So. Wow, man. man that's so. A... And then things just started happening, falling into place. I have a crazy story, man. It's yeah,
0: absolutely. I, mean, I was going to say. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, starting from uh, Concordia, which I didn't even. So when yeah. you were playing on Gachi, you were actually a freshman in 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 college at that yeah, point. I was okay.
1: I was, I was in my, uh, first semester actually.
0: Okay. Okay. gotcha.
1: Somehow finagle something to let me play with the Academy. I was still able to sign and with Gachi and, and play. And I was just having fun, man. I, I joined you guys and the 92s, which is, was different for me. I grew up, I play I grew up playing with like Leo who you had on the podcast Akil Rodney. Right. So, um, those guys are all my age, 91s. And then, uh, I also played with some of the '90s because I played a year up when the academy started. So I played with like uh, Mauricio Mora, Kevin Garcia,
0: all those guys who were absolute ballers. Also, Um, oh my god, that's so crazy! And it's funny that you mentioned you mentioned Creighton. Like I would have never guessed, you know. And and I and Creighton joined Creighton joined the Big East. um, I think like my freshman year. So. It was, I, I believe it when I want to say my my sophomore year when I was playing at Providence College, we went out to to to, to Creighton to play a game, and That's I true. mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, sit, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only time I think I would ever find myself in Nebraska, like, exactly. So, that, yeah. so I was I was waiting to see if you actually made the visit because I wanted to see what you thought of it, but uh, but no, you didn't get a chance to, but. No, nah, outside of creating the school, I don't think you're missing too much. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. that's what
1: I was saying to my dad. I'm like, I never even heard of this place, and I was like, you in Nebraska right now. And that's like, so. That's so funny. You want to go to? Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. obviously when I got into college, I was like, wow. I watched them play, and I, they had a, a, a great style of play, and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I mean, these days they're just just getting better and better. I mean, they're um, easily like a top 25 team in the past few years. So, so, you know, you kind of mentioned your, your story. And I think what was interesting was that you mentioned this kind of like go with the flow that you were just, you know, it never really was like a specific set dream. You were just like, you know, it seemed like you were just going to play and, and kind of see where it took you. So um, you mentioned that, I guess maybe kind of during your, your later years at Adelphi, that's when you kind of maybe kind of reach top form and, and, and you wanted to, you know, possibly go to the combine and and maybe that's when the professional goals, you know, kind of came about, but what, what was, why don't you just take me through that process in terms of, you know, when you, when you signed your first professional contract and that, in that transition period from, from college to uh to professional, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah. It's very different than uh, the guys that you've had on this podcast, right. one went to Michigan, got into the combine, Right. Leo obviously signing with Philly and I grew up playing with all these guys, great players, um, even better guys. But yeah, for me, it was like, a, it was a little bit different because I did go to a smaller school being that I went to Adelphi and Carlo, actually my head coach at Adelphi is, was very well connected with, with a lot of guys in particular, Mike Jacobs, who was um, the GM at sporting Kansas City, is now at Nashville. And, um, I was originally going to go to SKC. He was in the process of moving to Nashville, I think in the time and setting up shop over there. So that ended up falling through. And that's Sporting and, Kansas City you're referring Kansas to, right? Yeah. And then it was uh, there was a, a little bit of a lull and I was like, oh, I guess this isn't going to happen, right? And uh, there was no other MLS clubs coming after me. And I was like, all right, I guess that's it for the career. So I kind of stopped. And then at the what you mentioned in my intro working for a company i worked for a company called Ango sports that places high school age student athletes into uh college and the guy that uh, kind of owns it he's co-owners marco Defon and scott knight scott knight was a big gotcha guy um he coached me for a little bit when i was there he was always always pushing me saying you could go you could play somewhere you could play somewhere carlo ended up uh talking to Gio savarese got me a trial with the Cosmos. Gio was like, listen, we have a left back. They had this guy, Iose, who was a baller. Way better than me, in my opinion. And Diose was actually signed with them. David, obviously, who we grew up playing with Agachi, Gachi, um, was kind of his backup if anything happened to him. So I wasn't going to fall anywhere in, in the ranks there. So I just kept working at Angle Sports, just running youth soccer clinics, trying to stay in the game. And then eventually Cosmos B happened. And I was always playing in the offseason with the first team guys from the, Cosmo, uh, from the Cosmos. Shout out to Carlos Mendez, who would, would always set things up for us. And uh, I was going to play with them all the time. And I, I realized I could hang with them and I could play with them. Cosmos B ended up happening. at uh, Eskandarian, who was the assistant coach for the first team of the Cosmos, ended up being the head coach there. He brought me in. He's the one who kind of converted me into a left back in the professional ranks, right? Uh-huh. That Cosmos B team that I played with, I think could arguably have been a very, very good team in the USL. Mm-hmm. I, I would say top five. We were very, very good. And we, we ended up winning a national championship, which was pretty cool. Everybody hated us because we were like the only paid players. <laughs> uh, in USL, and, uh, and it was just a really good experience. So I had a great year there and nothing really transpired from that. And then I ended up going over to FC Tucson in Arizona because Scott Knight ended up setting something up for me. Scotty was like, you could play somewhere. There's the Desert Diamond Cup, which is where all the MLS teams come for a preseason. I ended up going to preseason over there. I played against Sporting Kansas City, funny yeah. enough. I was marking Graham Zusi. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Former uh,
0: U.S. men's international
1: yep. player. Uh, national player. Sorry. Yep. I played against him, Dom Dwyer. Uh, we played against Portland Timbers. They had Diego Valeri was on the team. Jordan Morris was playing with Seattle. I played against Seattle. I played against Clint Dempsey. They were all there for. Wow. Um, just I guess preseason and just getting games in. And I was playing with FC Tucson, which was a PDL team over there. And uh, that last game against uh, Portland, I guess I played really well. And the coach from Arizona United ended up being Frank Yallop who, uh, who coached in MLS for, I think it was 15 years. He won the MLS cup. He was the San Jose, uh, earthquake coach for 13 years, coached at LA galaxy. He brought David Beckham in and he came up to me after a game saying, Hey, there's a USL team called Arizona United. We're trying to grow it and make it a, a competing team. I'd love for you to come on trial with us. And I was like, this guy, I was like, I had to look him up. I'm like, who is this guy? And then he ended up being as big as he was. And I was like, holy cow, this is unbelievable. So
0: I went on trial three days later. I signed with Arizona United. Nice. Wow, man. That is that is like a story, like coming from maybe not even thinking about playing professionally, right? Or, or, or maybe just kind of keeping it in the back pocket. You mentioned angle sports, which, and, and it's just so crazy to think like, how how just connections that you make anywhere. I mean, I talk about all the time how big the soccer network is and it brought you to uh it brought you from uh from Minneola, Long Island to uh to Tucson, Arizona. So you never you honestly never
1: know. I did not want to go to be honest with you. I kept telling I had I had a meeting with Scott and my dad, Scott Knight and my dad, and we were sitting in the Ango Sport office and they were like, listen, we have this opportunity for you. Scott was like, I have this opportunity lined up for you. You're going to be playing MLS teams. I was like, I'm sick and tired of proving myself. I was like, um, gonna just look at me and say I'm too skinny or say I'm not big enough. And the first thing the coach from Frank Gallup said to me was, you're like a left back D Maria. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's a great no. comparison. So I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm so happy I listened to Scott Knight. And my dad, both of them pushing me, I was ready to give up. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up signing with them, which was probably one of the best times of my life.
0: Wow, that's incredible. No, that's incredible. I love that. Love that left back, Di Maria. Di Maria plays for the Argentina national team. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Kind of similar similar frame to you, you know, skinny left footed. So I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. So, I'm, I'm you know, I'm curious to know just in terms of like, you know, your 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 transition process. I'm not sure when you kind of hung up the boots for good or, you know, called the game quits. But I'm I'm curious just because I'm I'm wondering if maybe because you never really had that specific goal of playing, like I love how you had that mentality of just kind of go with the flow, if at that point you kind of felt like you maybe even like overachieved, you know, when you were out there in, in Arizona, you signed with Cosmos B. So I'm wondering if 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 that made possibly the the transition process when you ended up not playing anymore outside of sport. I'm kind of wondering if that made that transition process a little bit easier for you. Um just being that, that you you kind of reached a uh you know you kind of reached some heights that that maybe you know you didn't even expect. So I'm wondering how that transition process was for you when you finally hung up the boots and and what that what that was like for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, to be clear, I always thought that I could play at that level, right? Like I always saw myself as a good player and I I thought I was capable of playing in the MLS. Honestly, Mm. Um, I I never made it there, but I I just, I always saw myself as a player that was able to, I always said I wasn't the biggest, right. But I had a pretty good brain on the field and I, I was able to have pretty good skill and make things work around me. But it was more, I I battled a lot of injuries. I, I dislocated my knee my freshman year. First day of preseason, uh, going into our second practice of the day. We were doing two days and I, I went to go pass a ball and I, my foot got stuck in the turf and my knee totally went. And then when I was with Cosmos, I dislocated my shoulder. And then I, I had a couple of concussions also. I had like three concussions at this point And I was like... All right, I don't know what I'm doing here. I was talking to doctors. They were like, "You should probably hang up the boots." And I was my last injury at Arizona. I ended up tearing my labrum, believe it or not, in my shoulder. And they were like, "It's going to be six months. You're gonna, you're not going to be able to do anything uh, overhead, and not that soccer. You really need your arms, obviously, but just that process of going through PT and everything." And I was like. I wasn't making a million dollars a year, obviously. And I was like, what am I doing? And I always had it in the back of my head that my career wouldn't be that long, uh, honestly. And I was like, what should I do afterwards? And I got into coaching and then uh, phys ed kind of got into the realm. And I was like, teachers live a pretty good life. They're off in the summertime. They make pretty good money. And I was like, you know what, Let me uh, let me try teaching. I ended up going back to Adelphi to assistant coach and I was a grad assistant and I got my credits done. And then I was like, I I think I'm done with, with soccer from here. I got offers afterwards when I left Arizona, obviously I came back to New York to do rehab for my shoulder. And, uh, Scotty had things lined up in like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and, uh, Oklahoma city playing with the energy. And I was like, I think I'm done, man. I don't want to go all the way over there again and go through this whole process. So.
0: No, I mean that's that's incredible to 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 hear, and I, I love the theme of just you know that you brought it up a couple of times, just about that like proving yourself and and kind of being that smaller guy and and maybe like an underdog in in many situations, which I'm sure probably just kind of added some fuel just to you know your your own play and your style and 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 that sort of thing.
1: Hundred percent. That was me as a player. If I if I could describe myself, I was always proving myself. I felt like I was always so much smaller and i felt like it kind of hurt me in a way because not a lot of people looked at me it took me serious and then when i got on the field and they saw me playing they were like who the heck is this skinny kid doing all this <laughs> it ended up working out for me too because more people paid attention to it it was kind of like i forget who you were talking to they mentioned mark and the first thing you remember about mark is obviously his afro right correct correct but those little things make people pay attention and i guess uh my size kind of made people pay attention
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's just like, it's, it's funny. You think about like the, even, even in the professional ranks, I mean, a lot of times you hear, especially when it comes to, to defenders, you know, sometimes you hear with defenders, like, oh, they're too small or, or even, even just any position, really. I mean, this is like a, a crazy talent, but, but Lionel Messi, even growing up, right. Like, you know, he had to take growth hormones and was like, I'm pretty sure told that, you know, a lot of times in the Academy that he was never going to really kind of make it, you know, obviously to, to what he's made it like now, which is arguably the best player ever. So, so no, man, I just love that. I love that lesson. I think that that's, you know, that's, that's a good, a, a, a kind of good story for any of those, any of those smaller players out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, percent. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned you're, you know, you're kind of still in, in involved in, in uh in, in the game a little bit and 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 physical education teacher. Just wondering if, you know, what do what do you think is in and I, I know that you've you've kind of learned I'm sure you've learned lessons throughout this process, right? Not just not just from coming from that that sort of like underdog point of view, but also just just from your own journey, right? And in, in, in terms of how you kind of you know, took some time off, and 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 then opportunities just kind of presented themselves, and and you took that chance. But what do you think is 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 the biggest lesson that you've learned um, now that you've transitioned kind of outside of sport? You know, what do you think is that biggest lesson that 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 you've learned, kind of taking everything in your journey now? You know, outside of the game now, um, what was the biggest lesson from that transition process? Would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I. Pretty cliche, but just just enjoy the process, right? Like uh, all the memories that you're gonna have from from going through it is is gonna be something that you could look back on and and be happy that you did it, right? Like like I was saying, I didn't even want to go to Arizona to begin with, and then now looking back, I couldn't imagine my life if I didn't go over there. So it's it's just like enjoy it. Don't be afraid to do things, right? Go. I was nervous a lot of the times, like going to tryouts and everything. And, and all that kind of set me up for, for my career as a, as a teacher, right? I had to go through all these interviews to become a teacher. And I was always pretty calm and collected when, when I was interviewing because I went through the process. I was trying out all the time for soccer teams. So it was just uh, it, it's just that. Enjoy it. Don't be afraid. Go through the process because you're going to be able to look back on your career and say, wow, I did this. And wow, I did that.
0: So yeah, that's pretty much it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, Nick, I think that's a that's a, a a great lesson right there, especially you know coming from you and and it was just great to hear you know your your story and uh, I wasn't hundred percent sure how you made your way out to Arizona and you know you kind of mentioned even even though I think I think it's you know that that sort of again that underdog theme comes through in this episode not just not just from you and like your your physical standpoint but also coming from a smaller school right being in, in at Adelphi and you, you mentioned a lot of the players that you played with. Had kind of opportunities, maybe a little bit more opportunities coming because they coming came from come from bigger schools and and yeah, man. I think I think it just you fought through you fought through a lot to get to where you at. So um, shout out to you, bro.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, I I I I talk to Matt Uy about it all the time. Um, Shout out to Matt Uy. We have a crazy amount of talent coming out of Long Island, New York, in general. Like if you just look, half the guys on your podcast, right, Long Island guys that. That ended up making it a, as professional soccer players and um, playing Division One college soccer. It's it's a pretty big deal. So I think it's a New York
0: mentality thing, right? Just prove
1: <laughs> like, people wrong, get get through it, and and uh, have fun while doing it.
0: Uh, that's that's the that's the ultimate mic drop right there. So we'll hold it there. That's a New York mentality. I love that, and 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 I think you're absolutely right. Right? It's just uh, you know, it's just the the people that we grow up around. Um, you know, it's it's a real kind of just hard work and um and and you're not going to get anywhere easily type of mentality. So uh listen Costa, this was this was absolutely amazing, man. I, again, I really appreciate you coming on. Um you know, thanks for for being a fan of the podcast as well and and uh you know, we touched on themes like, like I said that with you that that I haven't really touched on yet. Uh and I, and I and I know that that's going to go a long way. So really appreciate you just sharing your story and, and yeah, man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Of course, man. Thanks so much. Guys.